episode 164, Anxiety Woes for Parents and Children. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Jennifer Bronznik's perspective. Join 2017 and 18 podcast awards nominated host and best-selling author on Amazon as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctor and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. We got a great show. Jennifer Brodznik is a master's of social work, and she is juggling clients at an unprecedented number, as well as three kids. And so we discuss these types of things. Before we jump into a little bit more, here's a few words from our sponsor. Before we go any further, I want to thank our sponsor for today, Himalaya Botanic. They are a toothpaste. I don't know if you ever tried to find a toothpaste that does not have SLS, fluoride-free, or no artificial colors and flavoring. But when you do, you're going to find out that they are pretty bland. And honestly, you're just like, uh, I don't feel fresh. But with Himalaya Botanic, that is not the case. They don't compromise on flavor or performance. And their tagline is uh, bursting with foam and flavor. And it's true. It's that foam to me that makes it feel like it's really doing something. And it's got a nice flavor to it. You can get 20% off on Amazon with discount code 20DOCTOR. 20 doctor in the show notes there's a clickable link to get you there quicker and easier no trade-offs when it comes to himalaya botanic y'all check them out and use that promo code 20 doctor all right check those people out now this episode we're going to talk about is there a way to connect with your kids more during the pandemic some of you are having to stay home more some of you are used to working but can't work or have to work from home how do you monitor your kids to make sure they're healthy mentally We'll discover ways to say no, why you should. With the holidays approaching, oh my goodness, how do you prioritize when you have so much else going on? What is micro self-care, the resiliency of children? And of course, her specialty is anxiety. And she's going to give away a free panic attack survivor guide. All you got to do is go to jenniferbrosnick.com and it'll be on there. Because I, we, we go into what has created all these kids with anxiety. What do you do about your own anxiety uh, during this time? So we're going to go through all of those things. And before we jump in, real fast, if you're interested in all of the books that all the guests have recommended over the years, a doctorsperspective.net slash book list. It'll bring you directly to Amazon and all those books that they've recommended from self-help to marketing, just generic, you know, a good novel, business. It's all there. Of course, it's an affiliate. So if you're going to get the book anyway, why not get it from the book list? The Needleless Acupuncture book is on Amazon now. It hit number one, number two, and number three in the categories of acupuncture and acupressure. So super stoked about that. Uh, it didn't stay there, but for a while it was. That's at .net slash N-A-B. And lastly, if you want to get more podcast interviews, if you want to have more speaking gigs with your chamber of commerce or other speaking groups, businesses that are looking for speakers, or even to get your foot in the door to have a luncheon with a medical doctor to get referrals. Cold emailing is tough. Cold calling is hard. Dropping off trifold brochures is a bad option because nobody wants to read it. But a one page, concise, pretty designed PDF that you can just attach to the email or just deliver that so they can see your accomplishments and your keynote topics written so that they would care and that their audience would benefit. That's what I can offer you. A doctorsperspective.net slash one sheet. Okay. All the show notes and the transcript can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 164. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. 
Live from Germany and New Jersey, today on the show, we have a licensed clinical social worker and I believe a master's of social work as well. Please welcome Jennifer Bronznik. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation and my intention is that whoever is listening just gets a little break as well as some tools to help them through this crazy time that we are all living through. Yes. And I don't like calling it a new normal because that's baloney. If this is the, mm. if this is normal, oh my gosh, it's not going to yeah. be Yeah. Well, what is normal? I don't even know. <laughs> exactly. So for those who didn't catch the intro for some reason, uh, we're going to be talking about like anxiety and depression, like hopelessness, parental stress, burnout. I want to be working, but like I can't for multiple yeah. reasons. Uh, you know, COVID is, is um, people are dying from physical illnesses, but I think there's going to be a lot of mental illnesses that are occurring. Um, if you want to start the interview with just, I guess, basic stuff that you're mm -hmm. seeing pop up in your clinic before we just sort of sure. jump into practical, what to look out for and all those types of things. Yeah. What's interesting is that all the same stuff that people struggled with before, they're still dealing with it. Right. It's just a little bit amplified. And the positive that I've noticed is that this time of increased stress. So the way that I look at how we cope is that we can generally cope with things for a while. We use our tools. You know, maybe we learned how to breathe or we have a glass of wine or we talk to our partner and that worked for a while. And now this new stressor comes on where maybe we're worried about money or our kids or our health. And those tools that worked in the past are no longer effective. And so the good thing with that is that it's forcing people to reach out where before they would have just said, oh, I'll, it's not a big deal. I'll just I'll deal with like, I don't feel great. I'm not that happy. Uh, my life isn't wonderful, but you know what? Like I'm healthy, you know, everything is okay. But now they're at this point where their past coping tools are at one level and their stress is now up a notch and they're getting this awareness of, wait a second, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need to look for outside support and I'm ready to invest in that support, both time and money. So I, what I've noticed is that more people are calling me, you mm. know, my, you know, my phone rings, I'm almost at capacity. And so it's forcing me as a clinician to think, okay, how do I reach more people and give them the tools that I give my private clients because at some point I just can't see anymore. I've got three kids. I've got, you know, they're partially home, partially at school. I don't even know what's going to happen. And so I just know for myself, you know, my whole perspective is taking care of myself so I don't burn out. So I have the capacity to be present for my kids and be present for my patients. And if I take on too much, which I think a lot of people are just kind of trained to do, that's not going to help anybody. And so I try to model that for my patients as well. Like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say not right now. 
Mm. I need to do this differently now. And that's a lot of what comes up in my sessions is helping people to say no. Who are they saying no to? Their kids, their spouse, their job? All of the above. Check, check, check. Yeah. So, you know, the kids, maybe, you know, I just got off the call, a call with someone and we were talking about the holidays and how much stress happens around the holiday season because of all the things, the the gifts, the elf on the shelf, the holiday gatherings, you know, all of these things that make the holiday, but that also burns her out. Mm. And so being able to say to her kids, look, what do you love? What do you love about the holidays? Because that's what we're going to do. And those other things that nobody even notices, because there's so many things that as you know, parents we do that like nobody really sees. It's like just sort of happens magically, but it takes our time and energy to do it. And so being able to get clear around that, saying no to your kids in that sense you know, maybe saying to your partner, look, I need more help with this. If we want to do this thing, this elf on the shelf, we'll take that for example. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to take that on this year because I am saying yes to my well-being, which makes me have to say no to other things that do not support my well-being. And then also with work. So setting boundaries and saying, look, my kids are home. They're in school two days a week. So, no, I cannot be on this meeting every single week at this time. You know, it doesn't mean not it, this will be forever. However, I need to balance out my children's well-being and really get clear on my priorities. And it's so much easier to say no when you're clear on your values, when you're mm. clear on your priorities, because then you can say, OK, is this one of my top values? Is, you know, having an elf move around to make sure that my kids are being nice, you know, is that really a priority for me? And yeah, it could be yes or could be no. Like there's no right answer. You know, that's an individual's job to figure that out. You know, it's just taking the time to really know yourself and know what's important. So especially if your job is allowing you to work from home, mm -hmm. they will probably try to push as much. Well, I mean, maybe not maliciously perhaps, but they will push as much as they can to get the most out of you. And so if you set mm -hmm. up a boundary where you just push back a little bit, they're like, oh, okay. I didn't know anybody had that problem with that. I wasn't unaware. And then finally it yeah. comes up like, no, we need to do meetings at eight o'clock. Right. When the kids are just finished eating breakfast and everybody's busy and reading their own books, this is the time that most people in your company could have a yeah. meeting and not three o'clock snack. Yes. Time. <laughs> and so what we call this in the anxiety treatment world is flexibility. Oh, <laughs> that, that magical thing that, you know what, things are different than they were before. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what each day is going to bring. And so what we need to bring to the table every single day is the capacity to be flexible and the ability to say, this doesn't work for me anymore, but this is what would work for me now and being able to, you know, look at your resources, look at what needs to get done and say, well, how can we do this in a way that both supports your needs and my needs so that everybody, you know, kind of gets a little something that they want, even if it's not perfect, because what is ever perfect in any you know, aspect of life? 
but at least you're not burning out. And that's the biggest thing. Cause once you burn out, it takes so much more time to recover than putting in a little bit of attention prior to that. So taking, you know, that time to read the book you want to organize your home, which to me is like one of the best ways to avoid burnout is like, you just know where everything is. Like there's no mental, you know, energy spent, Hmm. um, you know, taking time to drink the water, to eat a vegetable, you know, it's these little like micro things that we do every day that have such an impact that I think we get too focused on like these macro, these major life changes that we have to do. Mm. And especially right now, it's just think small, like micro, micro self-care. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, so I have a two-year-old. I didn't even realize Elf on the Shelf was for a reason other than it was fun and parents uh, enjoyed. Who enjoys that? I thought yeah. that was a thing. I thought it was fun because your little kid is like, oh, my God, it's the elf. I didn't realize it was like a uh, a fake Santa Claus going yeah. to get you. No, right. It's it's the elf watches watches the kids so that they behave over. That's the theory behind it. Oh, well, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah. No. And I think like if you like that kind of thing, like and that's your joy, like then do it. Yeah. But if you're like, this is terrible, like this is the worst thing ever, like it's okay to stop. I give you permission to say Elf got sick. Elf, Elf got COVID. He's dead. Move anymore. He will put him in a, like in some sort of like a bed or yeah. you know like make him really sleepy. Elf got burned out. That's right. Um, you know, just you could be creative. Or it's like, oh wow, like the Elf can you know still see if, if he's on the mantle. Mm-hmm. And he, everybody gets to like have turned to sleep with him or something, you know, like you can still have those family traditions without causing you more stress, which okay. is what we're trying to minimize is adding more stress that doesn't bring you joy. And when we're talking spouses, some moms have to, you know, I guess a patriarchic society, usually the man's mm-hmm. working. Sometimes the women are working more yeah. than likely nowadays they are working. For sure. Sometimes they're working a job they don't care about. They just need the money. And yeah. sometimes they have a real career like yourself and a real passion. And so either way, one, you lose the money, but you get to be with your kids. I, I think there's a lot of people, whether it's the spouse, the, whichever spouse isn't working, can get behind that. Like, OK, I'll do more of the cooking and the education and the playground and that mm-hmm. thing, 1950s <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to right now and it's, it makes right. more sense. But the professional women and the women are like, I have to get a break from my kids. Otherwise, I'm not going to be a good person to Mm -hmm. them. Those are real. Yeah, for sure. I guess you have to have that conversation. Like, look, you are still working from home or you're working. You need to talk to your boss. It's COVID. You need to tell them like two days a week you have to work from home or something because I have to Mm -hmm. go out and I have to work too. I have a real job and I can't just be home for eight hours a day while the kids are babysitting kids all day. I have a job. It's important. Mm Mm-hmm. People, yeah. people rely on me. Is there any tips for that conversation or ways to structure that? Yeah. So set a time, like set a date. Don't have it be like, oh, on um, right when he comes home or she comes home from work, like, oh, we're going to have this conversation. Like that's not going to work. Um, so set a date, pick a time where the, if you've got kids, they're away and you can really sit down and have the conversation. This would be hard. 
Yeah, no, it's uncomfortable. It's for sure uncomfortable. And but you can say, I have this fear that I'm going to get sick and I'm going to burn out. And then we're not going to have time for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, because once I'm in bed and exhausted and I'm cranky and I'm yelling at everybody, that's not the time to have the conversation. The time is like when you're clear headed, when you're not in a stress response, because when you're fully stressed, like your prefrontal cortex isn't working, you're not able to be creative and come up with a plan. And so scheduling the time, write down some notes, some bullet points that you want to get across and then take a deep breath from the belly, not from the upper chest. And just say it and say, like, this is what I am seeing in our family. This is my expectation on me. This is my expectation on you. And then you wait to see here. Okay, this is what I am seeing. So it's not that you're like saying, oh, you have to do X, Y and Z. It's like, this is what I need. How can we figure this out? How can we collaboratively learn about this? And there's a podcast I listen to called The Kate and Mike Show, and unfortunately it's ended, but you can listen to all the past episodes. And when you do, you will hear, I think they do a really good job of modeling how a husband and wife can communicate their needs, where each partner gets what they need. So it's, you know, they each take time for themselves. They each take, you know, they're both working. They work together they also have other hobbies and interests and they allow for that. So it's not this like 50 style model of like man, work, money. (laughs) That's what I was trying to not say, but saying it at the same time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's not working. They're a younger like couple, like they're in their like early thirties, I think. So I think millennial ish age groups are doing a better job of that because both the men and women are working and they're both making money. So then of course, like you have to look at it differently. And historically the kids want the parent that's around. So it's not this idea that like, Oh, just cause she's the mom, she has to take on all of these roles and she has to be the homemaker and make everything beautiful and make sure the kids are taken care of and make sure the kids are going to the doctor because the mental load for her is exhausting. Mm. And I think just culturally we need to acknowledge that, that that's a huge issue that, you know, women take on a lot of the, thankless, unpaid work of keeping the home together, Mm -hmm. which leads to their anxiety and burnout. And we also know that when moms are thriving, when they're doing well, when they're taking care of their health, that literally you can change an entire family system. That like the power of a healthy woman is, you know, is magical. And so we should all collectively be seeing like, oh, wow, if we take care of moms and we take and we educate them and we teach them about self-care and we teach them how to be assertive and not be ITC about it. I don't know if you can swear on this podcast, <laughs> um, you know, where it's like, this is my desire. This is my need, you know, and I want you to also have your needs met. So it's not this idea of like, if I win, you lose. Yeah, it's so like we can collaborate. Right. Yeah. We can collaborate. And even that, like, you know, there is, I don't know, do they even win or lose even if they get the job? No, the puppets. <laughs> well, I will say this. I will give myself, I think, a pat on the back. You let me know. 
my wife usually was working. We have a kid. She's two years old. We've been in COVID in a new country that we, my goodness, I'm working all the time. She's yeah. at home. And so we finally were able to get her enrolled into like a daycare. And uh, yeah, luckily in Germany, it's not as expensive. I mean, it's maybe like 300 for the month. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, it's four or five. It's like four days. We do three days a week, but not. we could have done four. But I was like, okay. you know what? I'm home on Monday. So I was like, let's. Let me just spend time with my kid. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I work all day. Like I work long shifts. Yeah. And so that was time so that she can do what she wants to do, whatever that is. And then uh, recently she's figured out like I have a group where she can go uh, hiking. She loves to hike. And so she goes and like this weekend, actually, she was like, hey, you want to do the hike instead? They can speak English and things. I was like, mm, that's really your thing. Yeah. I like to hike, but like I don't really want to be gone to go hike uh, 16 kilometers in a day like this. You know, I'm good. I think yeah. I'd just rather, you know, figure out how to be full-time dad for the day because that was the struggle was I've never really had to do that. We always had help with her parents and then moving and everything. So, like, I haven't had to be full-time dad very often. And so it's nice to kind of make myself stretch and grow as well. Like, yeah. wow, this is what you deal with <laughs> some days. Yeah. It's know? hard. It is hard. I think to, for me personally, working is like a vacation. You know, I love my work. I love, you know, what I do. I get social interaction. Yeah, exactly. It's that, but it's also that inspiration, that learning new ideas, connecting with new people. Mm-hmm. And that is thrilling where sometimes parenting is just hard. You know, there's just a lot of different dynamics. There's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. So finding, I love that you're doing that. I love that you're, you know, giving her the ability to have space because we need space by ourselves too. Like that is, I think one of the hardest things for a lot of people that I speak to is that, oh my gosh, I haven't been alone in seven months. Mm-hmm. Like literally haven't been by myself except for like maybe the shower in the bathroom. And that's a maybe if there are kids around. Mm-hmm. And so there are pe- like there's, there's that extreme. And then there are people maybe listening. They're like, I have never been so alone. Like I have been so alone this whole time. Like they don't have family. So I think it's just this acknowledgement of, we are all going through this and we all have different challenges and that we all are going to need different things. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no like, okay, this is how you survive COVID like checklist, 10 things, you know, like that's not possible because everybody's unique and we all have, you know, different past traumas, different things that maybe this is bringing up different support networks, different, you know, aspects of our job or financial situations. So there isn't this like magic one, two, three, follow these steps and like, you'll be okay. It's like one day at a time. You just, you see where you're at, you know, see if you need to go on that hike, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one day you're like, you know what, I'm going to go on the hike with you because it's what you want to do. And I'm going to explore that, you know, part of your passion. Yeah. Um, you know, or not. That's okay. too. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> go socialize with your buddies. Don't have to worry about me at all. Right. Yeah. But I think it's a, a gift of self-awareness to see, you know, what do I need? Where are my coping tools? Where are they not meeting the stressors that I have and then where can I go and find the information or the support to help me get to that next level? Because that's all our struggle is. It's just a calling to dig deeper and to learn something new because whatever the beliefs, the learning we had so far is now it's being called to go up a notch. And so like right now, like we're being called 
to learn about strength and resiliency and flexibility and how to get along with people that you're with 24 seven, you know, and that can be triggering if it's not the best relationship. And let's just face it. Not everybody does. I mean, there's a lot of bad relationships out there. So I guess, and that's a, it's a good transition. I'm not sure which way you want to take it. We can go with, um, your own kid. They're at home study. You're trying to get your stuff done. They're trying to get their stuff done. They're asking questions. I mean, I don't even know what homeschool looks like yeah. on a computer. They have questions. I need a bath, all this kind of stuff. So some of the things I would like to know about are parents, what should we look out for if your kid is not handling it well? Are there ways that things mm-hmm. that we can do to set them up so they're more comfortable, which means they will be more comfortable? Yeah. Even possibly, are there any signs that you can tell if a kid is being abused or anything like that? Because you know, kids are in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Schools are out. Now they have no escape from the alcoholic and the beatings right. and that type of stuff. Like, I guess that's a lot to unpack. So a I'll lot. let you kind of see how you want to play with this. I just didn't want to forget anything. So the first, yeah. So the first thing is kids are resilient, right? Like kids can go through a lot. And I have seen like horribly abused kids and they come through it. Is it amazing? You know, is it the, that internal sense of their own coping tools or is it just one person that cares about them? And so, you know, you asked about like how to make sure that they're okay. So one I think is the mindset of that they're resilient. So keeping that because our belief about our kids' abilities <gasps> So, okay, so the belief that a parent has about their kid's ability has an impact on the kid's ability. So believing that your child's resilient, that they can learn how to get through this time, that they can learn the coping tools. I think that's the first place to start. The next place after that belief is that you have to believe that for yourself, that this is a time of growth that yes, it is hard. Yes, we are losing people. Yes, there's grieving that has to happen and that it's okay to cry and it's okay to be vulnerable and to feel your feelings and let your kids see those moments, but then watch how you respond to that. Like, yeah, I'm having a bad day. I'm really sad today. My heart is heavy today. But then the next day, it's like, okay, like, let's go take a drive somewhere. Let's go change our, you know, our scenery for a minute. And so it's sort of modeling that because they will pick up on our anxieties and our energies around the situation. So, you know, really doing our best not to have like toxic optimism that like, oh, everything's wonderful and there's nothing bad happening. And like this, like, you know, fairy thinking, um, la la land type of thing. It's like, no, there is really hard things and there are really beautiful things. And we have the capacity to bring both of those energies into our home and our family. And that we're not the people that just want happiness all the time because that's not real. Um, that's not real life. And that's a real life lesson that they get to learn is mom and dad had a bad day, just like I have a bad day. And then you actually are teaching them a coping mechanism, music, totally drive, get away, do something that you like for a couple hours or whatever. And if they don't have that, they yeah. have to, I guess what they figured out on their own. But man, if you can be modeled that, talk about totally. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, and they don't listen to what we say anyway. They watch what we do. 
Like you can all day long try to teach your kids, say like, let's say it's eating vegetables, but if you never eat a vegetable, they will never eat a vegetable. It's just the same, you know, and that's for any, you know, aspect of our life. Um, so, you know, taking care of yourself. So having a routine is really, really important. So being able to say, okay, this is our morning. I work from this time to this time. You can put a note on the door, like, I love you. Please come back in an hour. Um, you could say, if this is really important, you can call me. You know, these are three things you can do for yourself. So it's really empowering them to take care of what they can take care of. Um, and setting boundaries. Like, it's okay to say, like, I'm going to read. You know, like, even if you're not working, like even if your kids have school, like it is okay to pick up a book. Like I've read multiple books over this quarantine. Um, I've launched, launched a podcast. I started a new website and I didn't play with my kids 24 seven. Like I let them entertain themselves. Like they, you know, maybe they made TikTok videos or maybe they watched a Netflix. Like I'm not, you know, I think in our parenting, we kind of have to loosen up maybe some of like the things, the bad things that kids were doing um, and say, you know what, like, is it that bad or is it going to give me sanity and being able. <laughs> oh, sorry, if this if the dog doesn't get edited out, like we have a seven month old puppy, which we also got during quarantine. And I will add to say that that was really helpful. Oh, helpful. Okay. Having, <laughs> yeah, having, I mean, like incredibly stressful and like a little, like for about a month. Um, but having a puppy and having the, you know, the different stress hormones that, you know, you release oxytocin when you pet an animal and just having the cuteness around, like that's been helpful for our family. Um, we were this there's close definitely... to adopting a cat for three months. Okay. We were like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could borrow it for yeah. a few months because somebody was like going on out of town right. or something. I was like, three months See? with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. So I had cats growing up, not to change this whole podcast right, sorry, yeah, like animals, but I think animals, like a lot of people have got animals during this time. Um, and I think it's because like they make you feel good. The other thing I will say about animals is that, well, dogs specifically, um, is that when we are stressed, our hormones, our circadian rhythm, and we have no routine, it gets out of whack. That has a huge impact on our ability to cope with stress. And so animals, dogs, make you get up early. You have to go outside. You have to be engaged in the day, usually by like 637 or they're peeing on your carpet. And then so because you're getting up early, you're going to bed earlier. And so that is really supportive to your health as a family. So, you know, being back in school, even if they're home, you know, making the kids get up by 7:30 will help their mental health. Because when kids sleep in until noon, it disrupts their circadian rhythm, which impacts all of their stress hormones and creates more mental health issues. Um, people will even say that bipolar disorder is actually just a disruption of circadian rhythm. Um, as well as, you know, other mental health disorders. So really, really important to get into that routine. Nobody likes to get up, but really it is better for you. It's better for your well-being okay. to do that. Mm. Okay. 
So does that answer all your questions? I don't know. So your last question about, you know, helping, you know, kids that are in danger. Yeah. Anything we can look out for? I think for? at this point, yeah, I mean, so at this point, honestly, it's like social media because that's where they are, you know, and kids will post like if they're posting disturbing things, like you can report those posts to Facebook or Instagram, TikTok. Like you can share and say like this post is, you know, I think they have like certain guidelines and they actually have people that will like reach out to the kids. Um, but watching like if it's a family member, you know, like check on your family. And I think people are kind of like, they're not totally like in the beginning we were like quarantine, just us five. Like it's not that anymore. Like we're seeing people, we see family, like we're around friends. So I'm looking out for my, you know, little community. Um, and I think that's really all you can do. Like, will some kids fall through the cracks? They always do. And what I say is that, you know, they are still resilient because all kids need is just one person that cares about them. You know, one person that they know really values, you know, their being on this planet. And there's, you know, so many different therapies now for trauma, like EFT and EMDR that we can get kids, you know, those resources. And I think now, like not this year, but next year, we are going to have so much more trauma-informed teaching practices at our schools that those kids that maybe, you know, had a hard time during this quarantine will actually come out stronger because they are then now learning these trauma-informed tools in the education setting that their parents probably wouldn't have known to teach them. Before we jump into the last part of the interview, what is your opinion? Why are kids so anxious these days? Like, I don't remember kids having heart attacks and freaking out that much over having A's or whatever whatever so what is going on is there any hint is it parenting is it bad diets yeah i have a slide and um, i have a presentation called anxiety proof kids and on the slide there's literally like 20 reasons for why we're seeing so much anxiety and you listed a lot of them so it's parenting and oftentimes it's it's related to post 9-11 parenting because that's when we started hovering really and a lot of this fear-based, you know, kids, when we were younger, like, it was like, see you later. Good luck on the playground. You know, like, come home at night. Like, there wasn't this hovering. Now kids have phones and their parents are tracking them literally through college. Huh? <laughs> like, they don't turn off. Like, you can track your kid's phone. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and parents are looking over the grades like my parents never looked at like, you know, maybe papers would come home or like uh, at once a quarter. Now parents can check their kids work every single day. Oh, no, you're supposed to just be surprised. Like, hey, you, you got to see yeah. oh, what the what okay. you said you did your homework. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. You better bring so that up. Like, you know, that's part of it. it's like that there is that parenting style. Parents also have anxiety, which the kids pick up upon. And they're also, you know, I see with anxious kids is that a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times they have like the nicest parents. Like they want to make sure everything's okay. They want to make sure their kids okay. So they meet all their needs and they're kind and they're good, really good, caring, well-meaning parents. But the kids need a little push out of the nest. 
and you know the parents don't want them to be uncomfortable but kids are anxious because they don't know how to be uncomfortable and they don't know how to deal with uncertainty and so those things lead to a generation of anxious kids and plus like so there's anxious but then there's also you know this external it's more than that it's that this belief of I'm not good enough because of like different social media platforms or, you know, I'm not lovable if I don't get X, Y, and Z. And whether that's true or not, it's just a belief that comes in or, you know, I'm too afraid of making a mistake. Like I have to be perfect. Um, I'm afraid of having to work hard and fail. So there are all these factors that play into a kid who, you know, presents as, anxious, but really it's the cure is to build up their resilience, um, as well as looking at, like you mentioned, diet, lifestyle factors, not sleeping is a huge factor, you know, adding in like glyphosate to all of our foods and, you know, the environment, like it's all right. Like it's all interconnected and you kind of have to pick like, what am I willing to work on? What do I have the energy to fix right now? Um, but the bottom line is like that everybody has a worry part, like the end, we all experience worry and we all experience fears of, you know, being embarrassed or, you know, being, um, you know, called out in front of people we work with that within ourselves. And then I would say like, we also have to work on just giving people permission to mess up more. You know, we, you know, are very harsh and, you know, it's okay to screw up. Like that's how you're learning. And so to take that mindset of a growth mindset where it's like every opportunity is to learn, like it's not about getting it right. Like there is no right. There is only correction. And so there's do it, See how it goes. Do it again. Do it better. Learn each time. But kids just, you know, aren't necessarily learning that or they're not embodying it if they're being taught it. So it's, you know, that is and they learn a lot from their friends, too. You know, and anxiety, it looks different because, you know, you've heard of the different like responses, the the fight, flight, freeze, fidget. Right. So an angry kid could be scared. Mm -hmm. A, you know, a kid that fidgets in class, like, could be anxious. Like, so there's, and anxiety has, like, there's so many different, like, flavors of anxiety, which is why, like, I love what I do, because there's, it's never dull. Yeah. <laughs> there's always, like, oh, like, a phobia, awesome. Like, let's, let's get in there. Like, I can't even imagine being a kid now with the massive editing skills that one person can have. Like, Photoshop was one thing, and now it's just to the next level. You could do it yourself, and... No, oh, their TikTok's so good. Why can't I be this good? Like, right. Yeah. Which then the really solution is like, just be yourself. Just be you. Like you are enough. Yeah. And that's the message that like we as parents can give the kids. They may not hear us, but it's important to let them know that, you know, that we see them. We don't want them to be different than who they are. We accept them for who they are. Whatever their choices are, we'll be there for them. So, you know, having that level of support while also saying, and you have to go do hard things. Like you have to go out there and try and you have to suck at stuff sometimes. And, you know, and modeling that like ourselves that they see us like and talking about like, wow, that was a really hard day or I had to do something really scary today. 
Um, yeah. You know, I had to be visible or I messed up, you know, when we can share that for them, they take that in, I think, so much more than just telling them, like, oh, go do it. Yeah. I think you find this funny. I was in China. I lived in China for five years, if you didn't know. Oh, cool. For a while, I had like an iPod or something that I would take pictures with. And I went to all these different countries and cities and stuff. And so I gave my mom permission to track my phone so she could know, you know, <laughs> just kind of like, and so she's like, oh, it was so great. Like, then I got rid of it. She's like, I really miss being able to be like, oh, my goodness, he's in Minimal right now. <laughs> like, I'm not doing anything crazy, so but funny. it was just funny because, you know, like she could just kind of see where I'm at and just be happy with that. Right. Like, That's cool. I don't. Right. But she wasn't going to, like, fly over in the car and, like, be like, hey, honey, like, are you being safe? <laughs> no, no. I didn't. Yeah, that's the problem is, like, you know, parents just, it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know. And, it, you know, kids are going to fall and get hurt and all of that stuff. And so it's being able to be okay with that and know that you'll be okay. So last two questions is one of them is going to be like favorite books and podcasts and stuff like that. So if you have a list, if you're, if you can multitask, think of that. But I'll start with, in this show, we love to ask the question, how to either a take more vacation, weird topic now, or at least how to keep the love alive with your spouse because so many people get divorced and that sucks. So yeah. any tips for us? Yeah. So the podcast, I told Kate and Mike show, Wealth and Purpose podcast, which I think got changed to a space for magic podcast. Um, I listen to also like business stuff like Amy Porterfield is another good one. Um, Tara Brock does meditations and then I'll plug mine. So the anxiety proof her podcast, which is fantastic. Uh, books. I love anything by Ken Follett. I've read every single one of Ellen Hildebrand's books. Like there's like 20 of them. Uh, so highly recommend that. And how can you keep the love alive? So just like with your kids, accept your partner for who they are, you know, instead of wanting them to be something, someone that they're not. I think when you give permission, someone permission to be their true authentic self, you automatically receive love from them because it's like, we don't give that to people. We're like, Oh, just be a little bit different. You know, just change this one thing, you know, do this better. Uh, but if you could just say, you know what, like, this is who you are, you know, and I'm going to love you for these reasons, um, as well as the ones that like make me not like you very much sometimes. True statement. <laughs> Um, in terms of travel, yeah, I don't have anything no, for that. But I do have a bunch of friends that plan vacations, um, and I think that you know people are getting back a little bit. So, fingers crossed. You know, in Germany right now, we, it's so close to all these other countries, and you know, we're like, yeah, let's go. To, oh, can't. Let's do. Oh, now it's closed. Can <laughs> we go to the country guys. and just skip the major city? Is that a thing? Or like, no, okay, that's not a thing. <laughs> Only if they don't find. I, I just yeah, don't know no, if it's that, that easier. If it's in America, you're like, I could just go from New Jersey to. Rhode Island, and there's no, like, cops at the, the border mm. between New Jersey and New York. Right. I don't know if it's easier just to go do road trips or what. It depends on the state. Oh. So you have to quarantine. If, if the state is on a list and it changes every day and you go to that state and you come back, you have to quarantine, meaning you can't send your kids to school if they know. But, like, God forbid, you know, like, something happens. Like, <laughs> you I don't have the right thing to school. do. Like, I am not I taking my kids out of school. I killed people because I was being yeah, selfish. I, oh, crap. Right, because I wanted to go to Connecticut. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's and like I just I need my kids in school. Like they need to be they're in school right now. And so that is, you know, the priority. So until like I love to go to Florida for a month. But if I have to quarantine coming home for two weeks, I will have to you know think about that. That's what we're at. So we will see. Yeah, yeah you can go anywhere as you want, but you, know, the, you can go anywhere. You just can't come back. <laughs> there was a 40 euro flight to Ireland. And then I'm like, mm, mm, mm. oh, 10 day quarantine. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. how much time off do you yeah, think I have, Ireland? <laughs> and you can't go out, you can't go to the stores for 10 days when you get there. And then also when you come home, you can't do that either. So is the vacation worth it? You have to, like, you know, that's a, a personal question you got to ask yourself. I think you said you have something free to give away to the amazing listeners. Oh. What is that? Yes. So I have, it's called the Panic Attack Survival Guide, and it is little tips, 10 tips for coping with panic and anxiety in the moment. And that is free on my website at www.jenniferbronznick.com, B-R-O-N-S-N-I-C-K.com. And that will be in the show notes page as well, as well as the transcript. All right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I will link to some of these authors as well. And I do hope that somebody was, um, I think lots of people will have gotten lots of nuggets from everything you've shared today. I hope so. Thanks for listening and thanks for having me on. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts. The Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then, of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no-needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin, at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's uh, affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, 5-Day Plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc., reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. Uh,
Sit down.